0: tonight I got a feeling that the cars just ain't
1: right I'm so salty must not give in to rage
0: and I'm wondering what those rollers will say scubs still left of me cheers to the right here I am gonna roll a derby
2: tonight gonna roll a derby tonight gonna roll a derby tonight And welcome to another episode of Hidden City Roller Derby uh, I am your host Simkoff, and I'm joined as always by a motley crew of rollers I have with me uh, Butters Hey guys, how you doing? Merlin What up? And Glenn aka Remedy Hey everyone,
0: how's it going?
2: What an exciting week Coat, have you guys, I'm sure you guys have been playing I know I've played probably more games of L5R this week than I have any other week uh, <laughs> have you guys uh, had a lot of fun?
3: Yeah, no, I've been straight into it, or trying at least I've had at least three games, which is more than my average week Three games, and <laughs> yeah. is, is cheap it.
2: and nasty still the way to go? Or have you uh, actually been playing with any of the new cards?
3: No, no, it's, it, I've actually moved on to cheaper and nastier um, So <laughs> I've, I've got the entire conflict deck down now to only two fate cost total In the entire conflict So wow. I think we're, we're slight, it's going well, the old hand-to-hand has done really well Oh, hand to hands made it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. None of this fucking favors garbage from scorpion anymore.
4: (laughs) Nice, of course. So, what are the two? So now, uh, so now the three viable splashes is like lion, dragon, and scorpion, and that's it, right? Yeah. Well,
3: I I almost actually ran um, the uh, support of the scorpion as my splash, Um, but I, Mm. I. but I needed um, ready for battle because it's it's a bit too important in that deck. So the, it's moved on now. We've got uh, three hand to hand, three ready for battle, and one even the odds as a bit of a bit of a surprise. Even the odds,
0: <laughs> I absolutely yep, it's love it.
3: It's just that that last minute jump in and showed you Aramuro or someone to death was super handy and works out a lot. It's good.
2: Hey Merlin, have you have you managed to? Um you managed to crack open, open your packs and play a few games or play on Jigaku at least? Mate, mate.
4: As soon as I got my pack, I opened it. But as far as playing with it goes, I just haven't, I haven't been able to, I got back into, got back into Hong Kong and I had a tournament to go to where it wasn't legal. So all of my decks are still non-Children of the Empire. <laughs> but really- I have been following, like I followed that uh, stream that was on last weekend, yeah. um, what was it? Meek Meek Informant? Yeah, the one
2: yeah, we cast that, man.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to your sultry pear shaped tones. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was,
3: how were was, was, the- tones pear shaped out of curiosity? how how do you dictate
4: I don't know I'm told the earth I'm told the earth is pear-shaped but I don't see (laughs) it either
2: yeah so there's a lot of ECs and it was quite fun like to see you know what was absolutely mad was that the first uh, children of the emperor um, legal Kote sorry not Kote uh elemental championship but premier event was won by a lion that was won mostly through dishonor like it's just just crazy that that was <laughs> great i'm so inspired by that <laughs> what actually a fantastic way to start <laughs> like, most fantastic way to start like the new environment such a huge injection of cards have you been you must have glenn you're our king innovator you must have been mucking around with a few decks
0: uh yeah i mucked around with a whole heap but every person i verse either had to dark or, or uh like a bunch of cancels so i don't know what these cards do yet because i haven't actually <laughs> i haven't actually been able to play them well, got the cancel woes. I, will, I will i will say i will say that uh my two learning lessons from this week is that we really shouldn't uh really should include cloud the mind in my decks I don't, yeah. but it's feel bad right now. Mm-hmm. And the other lesson, mm-hmm. the other lesson is that defensive rokugan is amazing. Uh, mm. So many of these bully towers I reduced to zero. Because uh, uh, what I what what, oh, what I learned yeah. over the week, I used to defend with two, and then they defend your honor after I uh, played the event. So now I just defend with one. Sack it and then they can't duel anyone to cancel it, so then they go to zero. <laughs> so, yeah, that defense so There's a lot of learning. card
2: requires you to choose, um, like if there's no that's the keeper cancel, and if there's no, um, if there's no person on the other side of the battlefield, <laughs> they can't play it.
0: Yeah, I, I just got so sick of bully dueling that I, I realized that the only way to win right now is to put no one <laughs> in the conflict <laughs> and then they can't cancel so what rude. you're doing. So, like, fate worse than death, them. Um, <laughs> Uh, oh, who are you going to duel to cancel that? Like, it's just, it's a good way to address the cards. But, uh, yeah, I've been mainly playing Secret of Crab, um, and... Secret of Crab? Being really, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, Secret of Earth Crab. <laughs> this, it's just, that's how long of a week it's been, guys. Just so much, like so much, so much deck building. Sacrifice-style yeah. deck? Yeah, most, most games I had 20 fate by turn two. Uh, and what do you had Earth the Broker purposes? or Taka. Uh... Is it Vassal Fields? So you're using Saturday Vassal Fields? So you
2: find, yeah. How are you finding
0: that? Uh, it's quite good, um, but because everyone's playing so greedy lately, you know, yeah. you, remove, you remove one of their eight fate. Okay, so I, so I was going to actually is. ask
2: about that because I've been running it in quite a few decks, but I found in general, um, both myself and my opponents, uh, it just seems that people are playing greedier now. Like, there is a lot more fate flowing around so i feel like if vessel fields was one card inserted into the meta pre children of the emperor it would have been amazing but just for some reason i think just people are just hoarding more fate now
3: i think because it's it's not punished is the thing like you've got all these reasons you've got seven fate at the beginning of a game right and if you spend only two of that on your first turn and then pass no- nothing happens like maybe you lose an extra province and that's that's bugger all in the long scheme of the game and nothing happens like the other your opponent can empty his hand like i do it all the time like my cheap and nasty deck is is all about burning all their fate in the dynasty side and rarely do i get that much of an advantage like it definitely helps because i've built specifically for it but um there's definitely not five or six fates worth of advantage in in spending five or six fate in that first dynasty phase
0: i I really mm. think they just need more effects like the Fires of Justice to punish. I just <laughs> right now it's <laughs> just been... too, it's it's it feels so bad. Um, turn one when they just passed after playing one one coster, and you just feel so far behind because even if you I go and break two,
2: illusionist. Uh, I had a saucy illusionist that had one fade on it, and then I got Fires of Illusioned, and all of a sudden it had eight fade on it.
5: they they get assassinated then that would have been awesome
2: (laughs) no they didn't oh man the embrace assassinate is is, someone's going to pull that off they're going to they're going to do that bloody fires of justice and then they're going to assassinate some weenor with eight fate on it and they're just going to recoup it all (laughs) recoup it all that's going to be disgusting but yeah i man i really like that card i think that fires of justice card um it's fantastic. It's just uh, such a powerful effect, and maybe that's the. Um, it's a good answer for the the, the greed.
3: <laughs> hey, butters, have you played with Cureco? Uh, no, no, nah, that costs fate. That's not really how I do. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... <laughs> no, no, that's not where you're bad
2: anymore. I've been playing with it. I've uh, found no, it, it. it. Yeah,
3: it, don't you like it's? That's it's a super good card. Like every deck now is stacked end to end with. Um, dynasty characters that have decent abilities there's very few stat blocks anymore or passive ability people except like tadaka very very few um i can definitely see how that would be amazing like as a reaction to just all kinds of stuff it's that um really come off really good.
2: i have to admit that some of my favorite usages of it have been against uh the um miya satoshi when people pull out miya satoshi first turn <laughs> <and> they use, <laughs> say, yeah, man that'd i've got no good. fate
0: and i've bowed my shit <laughs> <laughs> do you know what's better though is when you play the poison master and then you reveal that you've got it in your hand and you just stare down your opponent and you just like, just like do you <laughs> yeah. want to do it? do you? <laughs> come at me
2: bro <laughs> I, one thing I love about like playing with all these new cards as well is that an and I count myself amongst these um these quitters, right? Is that like when you first like you make this deck and you're like, Oh, got these cool new cards, like this new strategy, it's gotta be sick, man. And then you like start the game and then somebody plays a card and you're like, Oh yeah, I realize that there's this huge gaping hole in my deck that I completely did not consider and my deck's <laughs> actually worthless, so I'm gonna quit. <laughs> I'm like, good game, man, you win. And it's just like I've noticed there's a lot of um because there's we've not experienced like this amount of huge injection of cards at once yet. And because there is such as huge injection and the game feels so different um, that there is like this, this sort of like, all right, I need to relearn how to play.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to quit. That, mm. Is that how you feel? I, I just feel, I, I don't want to be a downer. I just feel like right now there's just these Voltron decks that just feel very hard to uh, answer with any sort of uh, sort of experimental deck. It, it just feels it, it feels terrible online when they just like have this six attachment Voltron that bully jewels you like three or four times in a conflict. I just, I just don't know what to do. I, I, I've been know. playing. I was like, um, I was like I, I've been I just playing. Vo- a... I, I sack my guys. I don't want to jewel yeah. them. I'm just like let's just get rid of them all.
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um, what I would say is like I've I've been playing with. Uh, I played quite a few games. Like there was a set of three or four games I played against Uh, Duri. uh I was playing Scorpion Jewel and he was playing Crane Jewel. Uh, and I was, I mean, look, it was, it was pretty interesting because he was Voltroning. I wasn't really Voltroning because I don't play attachments at all in that deck, but we were both dodging each other's characters and there was that, oh, you're playing policy debate. Uh, we were both playing policy debate, you know, and I'm running, you know, like the, the, um, Sedani, games of Sidani and all of that sort of stuff. Right. So we're both dodging because we're realizing and I flipped, like, two Proving Grounds. He's got a Proving Ground and a Kikita Dojo. Uh, so, it's it, there is a lot of stuff to dodge. And at the start, like, the first two games we played, we were both just, like, not declaring conflicts. And we're just building up ridiculous amount of fate. And it felt like that game um that i think merlin cast which was that like crazy in the world cup there was a dragon versus dragon mm, game yeah game, dragon which versus game, dragon which is, you know both you know there was a combined over 60 cards in both players hands at one point in that game um, because nobody was mm. declaring conflicts and everyone was just draw 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 um, so what was interesting about that though is that by game 3 we went oh so yeah, we need to be cautious. And you definitely felt like if you just raced into if you if you didn't think about it and you just raced into a conflict, then and you didn't have an eject strategy, then you were just gonna get maimed by someone who was gonna duel you four times and draw five cards out of it, right? And it was like proving grounds is definitely I think one of the strongest cards in this set by by far. Like it's just it's just absurd. Um, but the the. You kind of like got to play and I think there's so many jewels. and I've found like my challenge in the little mini meta, which was, well, I guess it was the longest meta we've ever had, but that sort of like post-worlds pre-Children of the Emperor meta where the restricted list changed and, you know, Scorpion lost a fate worse than death. I definitely felt that, um, you know, I had the hardest time against, you know, the Voltron decks and the Voltron decks were obviously dominating and I think that's why Scorpion fell off so quickly. But now, like with the uh, social pup- uh, the the social puppeteer, um, you know, I'm running three copies of I can swim. I think realistically, two is what you're supposed to run. You know, noble sacrifice, like all these cards. Like I don't fear towers at all now. In fact, I kind of am happy when I see a tower. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is kind of. Um, but it's it takes a while to kind of. You know, figure that out. <laughs> um, yeah. But I agree that there's lots and lots of decks that if they don't have that PK, if they don't have those ways of dealing with these Voltrons, then it's just going to be no fun for anyone. Like Dragon with Hatomi and all that stuff. Like it's just, it's just crazy. there's, well, there's just, a lot of stuff I just, out
5: there
3: it's now. just you know, like as I said, I can swim with all the jewels around. I can swim is way easier to get off now. Like all you do is give an honor, right? And then you're on two, they're on one, because everyone bids one. And it's way more reliable because every game that's popping up. Well,
0: that makes, that makes dueling more interesting, right? I think that like the reason that that card exists already makes dueling much more interesting. I think that's a case of why bully duels <laughs> uh, may not happen as much. Um, I just think in clans that don't have access to that sort of punish. Because uh, there's a lot of really good effects that if you're on a bit is lower. Yeah. Um, but there's not many that have if you're on a bit is higher. So, yeah, maybe there's more cards right. coming there's, down. There's
2: a couple there, yeah. And, um, it's Insolent Rival. Uh, obviously, Insolent Rival, I Can Swim. They're the two sort of main ones. Infiltrator? Um, Infiltrator, yeah. yeah Inf- I'm, I'm running 1x Infiltrator in a version of a deck. Um, oh, it doesn't quite great. fit. I, I think that people will figure it out. The card that I took out was really interesting, like experimenting with all this new stuff. I thought that I had to include... Maze of Illusion, which is one of my most disliked cards from a design perspective, just because I wanted to be able to ratchet that on a dial up. But I figured out that there's so many jewels right now, like in in just in my own deck, that I just didn't need to bother Mm -hmm. with it. Like, and opponents are running cursory duels, like the lion players and crab players and dragon players are all running the keeper council, and you know, there's just jewels everywhere. So you've got multiple chances all the time to kind of muck around with the and Jules are so much more interactive now because people are starting to realise oh he's gonna beat two. I'm gonna bid three and there's like, oh, yeah. all these mind games going on and I'm I'm really enjoying it.
3: Yeah, I do enjoy the dials. Are any of here. the composure
4: cards good? Well, are any of the composure cards any they're
3: good? Fine like they're, uh, uh, not many <laughs> of them I'd say are like super good. There's certainly a couple of standouts. Um like the Scorpion one where she has to be the target of any effect that she can be the target of from your opponent. She's super good. I can't remember her name. Social yeah. Puppeteer. The Social Puppeteer. And she also flicks your dial, so she always turns on. She is super good. Actually, I think her, her dial switch mechanic is bad. Her dial switch is amazing. Yeah. It just
4: yeah. F- is she a two or a three?
3: Can't be a damn good. it. Um, yeah, she's amazing. Um, and that effect is really strong. Um... Most of the composure people are really just um like plus two military or plus two political or mm. i think the little crab air, air guy is um doesn't bow as a result of conflicts defensively so that's pretty good particularly when you like watch commander him or something and knock that kind of gear out but um but yeah it looks...
0: the, the cool thing the cool thing about composure from hand though is that like. You, they may not think that you're playing for composure and then you can yeah. surprise them with it, right? Like, I think that's a cool that's a cool, yeah. that's a cool, cool effect that we might see more of.
3: Well, the funny thing about composure is I think, though, like everyone bids one, right? And then you sort of, Ben, you, um, like you said a moment ago that um, you, know, you started to notice the sort of high old people starting to bid two and once you cotton on everyone bidding two, then you kind of want to bid three and then Crane and Dragon are both manipulating those dials after the fact. When you're duelling... Um but composure drags it back down again as well if you have one guy with composure on the table, I think that's enough to make people reconsider and maybe stay back down at a really low bid. So I think is practically more of a fake out mechanic than it is. A, it's um, super interesting
2: now yeah. like i found it I found it to be the only thing is like um i fa there's there's kind of two approaches to it right so you could have if you're playing a deck that just has no jewels in it whatsoever right. You can kind of do that whole thing where, you know what? I feel like my opponent is playing a hardcore Dishonored deck or something. Um, so all I'm going to do is I'm going to bid one every time and I'm just going to suffer the consequences. And, and, you know, if they're running I can Swims and all that nasty stuff, I'm just going to make sure I've got enough Finger of Jades and, you know, all this other stuff. And, and those Keeper Cancels are real, right? Like, especially if you're playing Dragon, right? Those Keeper Cancels are like, they are solid.
3: They're prevalent, right? they're everywhere at the moment, but yeah there are very few decks that don't have
2: them in. Yeah, so, I don't know, like, it just, the game feels really, really different, and I know, like, playing Lion, I don't feel powerless, like, I feel I can interact unless I come up
0: against a uh, Tadaka or a uh, Guest of Honor, but that's, that is that is what it is. <laughs> Lion have really good, um, well, Lion actually have really good cards, though, for all the bid manipulation. Like the tactician and Kage are both quite really strong. Uh, like ways to address jewel like jewel decks. I feel.
2: Yeah, and I mean now with their unicorn, they can start splashing unicorn, and uh, they've got they've got access to. I think like the unicorn splash has opened up some some space as well. Like whether it's the keeper version where you can run talismans, but it's that Shinjo Ambusher, which has made a big difference. Yeah oh that guy my god yeah so good it it means you're less scared of upholding um and you know which is which is fantastic but it's just a it's a a two two military skill bushy right which is for one which is amazing and it means that if you're running old Mm. box it's one cost for a body with three force you know with the old box or if you're running you know hmt then it's perfect, right? You can attack it. Oh.
4: Yeah, and actually, like, there's nothing that cancels it either, right? So you can put down a Pathfinder's blade, but then somebody can let go of the Pathfinder's yeah. blade. Whereas you throw this guy down, and it's like that's it.
5: You got a blank. So that's it's not what good. This
2: is like shameful or meditations or any of those things that have actions, because you is because usually your opponent will do that as their first action. Um, but when it's when uh, you know for the on break effects, it's fantastic. And I think now, especially with you know uh, more aggressive decks, whether they're like uh, you know the the Kaiden Bayushi, the some some versions of, of Unicorn and and definitely Lion, they do have a lot of on break effects. And so these are really good. The one thing they don't help with mm. is they don't help with resto. <laughs>
5: Of
2: <laughs> Damn! Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I guess Resto's going to resto. Yeah, bid
3: good one. <laughs> two, just, rest, just, just don't draw cards that way. You don't play that. I don't know. I feel, you... I feel
4: like that's, we... I feel like that's admitting defeat. You know, before you've gone into the battle. <laughs>
0: All right. So here's not the... really. It's, it's more you bid one and then you miss and then you don't hit it on your two, your two shots at the provinces and then it just feels bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
5: All
2: right, so. Yeah. So the big man himself, Hante the thirty eighth,
0: anyone manage to get him in play? Yeah. yeah. And then Jigoku and then Jigoku crashes every time I put him out. I'm about I'm about <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to bow someone. Ah, so it's <laughs> You're the one that keeps crashing <laughs> Jigoku. It's I, I think, just I'm um, not allowed the Emperor.
3: I think that crashing is every time someone in testing puts on this trading road into play.
0: <laughs> everything
3: just yeah.
2: in on itself. <laughs> the world implodes.
4: <laughs> yeah, miniature black That's hole right. opens up wherever the server <laughs> is, it just sucks it in. They're like, oh shit. Now we've got to get new servers. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I've I've sabotaged him every time I've seen him on my opponent's row. So I don't know what so, that says about do it. Do you want to just
2: talk about that for a second? Do you find I found that sabotage and peasants advice have gone up in value significantly oh. with the with the with the all the new holdings that, that are available
3: peasant's advice or even pre to see it pre cote I, I just it's the best card like it does so much <laughs> no it is like it's it's the only card that costs fate in my entire primary scorpion deck at the moment like it's there's two of them and they're irreplaceable nothing else does what that card does anywhere near as well as it does it it's just its, had, it's gold.
0: like i had i had an imperial kb deck uh, have a seven turn Ishikawa, and he peasant advised me three times, removing all three of my iron mines. So that felt pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, it's
2: a, it's a, like, sabotage and peasant's advice, I think, are becoming really important. Like, I've played against people who've managed to have a Miramoto Dojo or a Kikita Dojo stay and play for a few turns, and like, it's just a static duel, and, and duels do more than one thing now as well, because you know, if you're running these dual decks, you've got these other effects that are happening, whether it's, uh, Miraboda's day show to make you lose honor, or it's like, you know, there's lots of different story defeat. Yeah. So it's, it's just, I just think there, uh, yeah. And obviously story defeat is, a is a, um, fantastic card that people are starting to run a lot of as well. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's shaping up to be quite a, it feels like a very different meta. Um, so, just uh, before we move on, was there anything else really exciting that you guys have experienced in this coat environment in the first week of play?
4: Um, I kind of... I was watching the the stream of... Was it Portland? I, I can't remember. The Meek and Foreman one. So and I really felt Massachusetts. like... Right. Um, I really was very excited about all of the line play. It, it really... Really inspired me to go ahead and play Lion. There's no lion players here, so I guess that's me now.
0: <laughs> Converting. I like it. Eugenia. Well yeah. Eugena is pretty good too. Like as a crab player. Yeah, I hear <laughs> that. The guys don't stick around anymore. <laughs> 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 oh, have you have you have you actually come up against Eugena when you were playing Crabicorn? Yeah, it just burns through your saves. Uh, it's because <laughs> I don't run cloud. I told you, I learned my lesson. Like three clad the minds from now on in every day. <laughs> 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 oh dear, it's insane.
2: Uh, yeah, so we did get to cast. Um, the re- there was issues with the recording, which we won't go into. Um, certain save buttons weren't pressed, but we did get to cast. Uh, <laughs> uh, the meek informant guys were running a tournament over in. Well, they weren't running it, but they were supporting uh, Elemental Championship at uh, in Sorgus in Massachusetts, which the which a, a lion. A lion guy managed to take that event out. Um his name was Brandon Lane. or Brandon W. Lane. And so he won with a
4: Oh, he's an L Favar guy? Yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. cool. So he won with the Lion Deck with the with the Unicorn Splash playing old box um and keeper of earth. Uh and so but the we got to kind of cast it. It was a lot of fun and and the Mickey Former guys have kind of got together a pretty cool production values. So you can have cards swipe in and out, and and I do feel like there was like at one point we had three streams at once because I think the sixth ring were casting, then also there was a London, yes, a London cast as well. Yeah, it was yeah. very exciting. It felt like wow. That's look, right. It's, it's yeah, okay.
4: there was a. It's like so much content, you know. Where where am I going to go to get my content? Yeah,
2: and and I, it's really I good. Did definitely feel a spirit of community as well. Everyone's trying to help each other out, and so it was it was it was great to feel that and and see see all of these games going at once. So I feel like we're going from strength to strength at the moment. And obviously there's a avalanche of cards coming over the next few months. It's just started now and it's, it's only going to get, get uh, more and more, uh, uh, it's just going to get crazier and crazier. So very keen to be um, in the middle of it all and, and play all these cards. Uh, we will speak about the spoilers that all these crazy new cards are revealed from you know uh, the, the new packs that have come out um, or that are coming out soon in a moment but for now uh i caught up with the guys from portland uh there's like a very strong play group in portland uh um that uh and you know we're trying to feature every now and then we're trying to feature we we talk to the brisbane guys and hopefully we'll talk to some play groups around the around the traps uh, again soon next month but we're trying to you know at least once a month catch up with a play group that's uh you know and kind of f- feature a particular uh I guess feature a particular scene because every sort of L five R scene, like every every town or every play group, does have its eccentricities and it's a little bit different in the way it operates. And it's a lot of fun as uh, you know, as 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 you know, to find out about how how why is it that you know what makes L five R special and what does L five R mean in your community uh, for your playgroup. So um, we'll just we'll just uh, have a listen to that now and and hopefully hopefully uh,
6: it'll be a fun segment. Good. Do we, do we press it on one or do we press it on when you say press record?
2: <laughs> Hopefully you press record now. Has everybody pressed record? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Awesome. All right. uh, I'm here with the uh, Portland crew in uh, Oregon, uh, virtually anyway. They're all, they're, they're all uh, I think, in around two or three loungers. Uh, so a bit of a special report to have a chat to. these guys over in Portland and see what their scene is like and how it might be a little bit different from other scenes like the Brizzy scene we already covered uh, a few weeks ago and other scenes from around the world. Might just introduce uh, everybody to the crew, Uh, if we could maybe one by one, uh, let us know who you are and and, uh, how you got into, uh,
7: and and why Portland is so amazing. Three, two, one, everyone talk. (laughs) Um,
6: Alright, I press the record button again.
7: Screw you, Dennis. (laughs) Um... I did de- I'm from Portland yeah. and who are you? I'm Mosey. aka Jared right. Uh, yeah, Portland's great. Why is Portland great, man? We have the best food and the best l of our players. Ooh.
2: Yeah so I think I think you've recently had a bit of success yourself right?
7: Yeah uh, I want Phoenix Cote. And I won the Seattle Grand Cote Last year And,
2: and that was both with Crab right? Yes,
7: basically with the same deck So it's Crab <laughs> Do you have a love affair with Crab? Yeah, I've played since I was 13 And I've always played Crab
2: Shit, 13 So like 17 years <laughs> Yeah, got it uh, I think we've got Kyle
8: This is uh, Kyle, uh, Dido Jamaica Um I came out to portland actually because of a really good uh fencing club here uh, and then stayed because the food and the beer is awesome
6: cool uh dennis i'm dennis murphy i'm isomalt on the discord server and other places you might know me from facebook or the discord (laughs) server uh look man I, i these guys are all really good, and then I came up here thinking that uh, this would just be like a fun place to stomp after moving from L.A. And like, what the hell? They just, they're just they all really good at the game. Except, Kyle never comes and actually plays with us. He only plays online. <laughs> but like, everyone here uh, that's not these four people have some crazy-ass decks. Like, let's talk about the smoke meta for a minute. The smoke card keeps showing up. And it's like it doesn't go away. Wait, wait, wait! Daniel and it also said, Daniel do said
1: that secret tech, and you're not supposed to tell anybody about that.
8: Yeah, oh, it shit. never goes away because it's not worth using.
1: Well, you don't show <laughs> up to <laughs> play
8: it,
7: so how do you know? <laughs> he wins games.
1: <laughs> A lot
7: of them. Right? And,
2: and, I, and I think that uh, we've got we've got uh, Evan as well as the, the the final of this this little uh, Portland group. Hello,
1: I'm Evan, and my screen name is also Evan, <laughs> Evan E Gibbs uh yeah i'm a phoenix player and portland's great because of the people no honestly Uh, as you can
6: tell um evan's really creative
1: (laughs) oh yeah i'm the i'm the hat maker on discord so when everyone's wearing the hats like i made well i usually made those not always but that's my my claim to fame hats uh, Hats. what hats hats no your uh, claim to
8: fame your claim to fame is your is holly's pastries Oh, yes. that's true.
1: In Portland,
8: Holly's <laughs> <laughs> Pastries.
1: My 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 fiance makes uh, pastries or some baked good, like usually every week for everyone. It's really, it's really
2: cool. Oh my god, <laughs> that is amazing. I need to try those pastries.
0: <laughs> awesome.
2: So, what's the Portland? Is the Portland scene based around a particular gaming store? Is it a pub? Where where, where, where do Portland players play apart from online?
1: So actually, it started off. There was a lot of stores trying to do L Five R, but now it's kind of all consolidated into one store called Guardian Games. It's a really cool store which has a a bar in it. Um, so we play there on oh, nice. every Saturday, and there's also we also meet up around the week. So we'll meet at a at a pub bar place like every Monday usually, and other various places.
7: Yeah, there's like two. Having the alcoholic bars. over yeah. here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you
2: know about all the uh, so it's a bit of an over 18 place is it like a uh, i guess i guess there's not a lot of young players playing l5r in the main the main scene not in portland
1: there, there's not in portland, um like that one guy's son that played but we'd have to go outside of the bar to play with him <laughs>
7: yeah and they weren't showing so no them. one played with
6: him
1: <laughs>
6: <laughs> then you're like rubbing elbows with the Yu-Gi-Oh players yeah. and whoop, <laughs> can't have that
7: pokemon scum
2: we do we do share a lot of space with we do share space with Yu-Gi-Go players at the uh, Good Games in Melbourne, and it is a it's an interesting experience. <laughs> There's a lot more of them than there are of us, though. I don't know what it's like over there, but Yu-Gi-Go is
6: extremely popular. I mean, people stab each other over that game.
5: <laughs>
8: <laughs> <laughs> Red Castle's been hosting a couple of events as well.
1: That's true. Yes. Like, like once, once a, a month.
2: month. So so. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> And is that another gaming store, is it? Yeah, there's yeah, so
1: a bunch a of gaming stores store. Yeah, like, I was so surprised yeah, when we... I came to Portland, there were all these gaming stores here. It was really cool. The well, Key small Forge business really
6: is alive here. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Jared, this challenges. isn't a Keyforge podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: one of the biggest challenges that we had uh, in Melbourne, or still, still do, it's getting a little better, is that we have a lot of... Sp- it's great that all the stores want to support L5R but we tend to have lots of little pockets so we'll have like these sort of four to five player tournaments every week but it's a different four to five players in a different sort of place around Melbourne and it's been and there's you know probably like 30-40 active players but they all play in like different tiny like different stores so it's been hard to get a consolidated scene together. Is there a, is that the same thing that's going on over there or is it or is it now it's now start you get starting to see a bit of consolidation?
8: It, it started off um, like that, and then then it just kind of died. Uh, Guardian, in addition to being the largest, is also like very centrally located in the city, so it kind of just ended up dominating, I think, in terms of turnout.
6: Yeah. 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 I, the spread out is actually how L.A. is. Um, and you were down in L.A., Ben. Um, mm. And uh, Paper Heroes is like the best spot down there, but everything else gets really, really low turnouts.
2: I mean, like, anywhere in LA seems to take forever to get to as well. Like, it's only a few kilometers away from each other, but geez, it takes, you know, it's like 40 minutes drive.
7: Pretty much. As far as the Portland scene goes, it's not even, like, a large scene. There's maybe, like, 12 players, and there's a few of them that are well-known. And then all the other guys are just people who can't make events, and they're all really good. Some of them play off-meta, but... They're usually just very talented players. Um, we have uh, one of the guys who, or the main guy who designed, Bushi Builder, and he has a off-meta deck for every single clan, and he plays them all really well. <laughs> but he can't go to any events, so. Nah. uh His
6: unicorn deck. His unicorn, deck, like his unicorn deck's build. pretty on-meta, but everything else is like pretty wild.
7: It's got Ishikan initiate <laughs> instead of. Uh, <laughs> whatever um... uh, he, he's, he's making his own Splash. meta all okay. right
1: he did Phoenix Splash on in Unicorn before like anyone else did I, I feel yeah. like he's doing the Nagio yeah. thing like, although he has he has every yeah. single deck imaginable so he's, he's done everything all, all the smoke decks. <laughs> <laughs> and he's
2: got he's got access to advanced search terms as well right? he's like, <laughs> his design right.
6: uh, he said searches. he said he doesn't net deck anything he makes all his own decks yeah <laughs>
1: Actually, I think
2: every deck so, on Bushy BushyBuilder um, is his. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, it's like a little privacy policy. If you upload your deck to Bushy Builder, it is mine. <laughs> You may not play it. You must pay me a royalty fee. It's, um, so what makes Portland a little bit of a different, like as far as a playgroup goes, it's, I know you guys are all killers. Like it's a pretty pretty oppressive playgroup for a new player to go. In, it sounds like, do you have new players that, that try to start and, and then like a non-starters because they just get crushed by you guys oh.
6: every day? Yes, sometimes.
2: <laughs> oh it sounds like
6: a sauce button. <laughs> no. Uh, we, I think we try to be really welcoming, but um, yeah. you know, a lot of people, if they're not as committed to the game, they just treat it like you know any other board game. It's like they pick it up, they play it a little bit here and there. It's not something that a lot of casual players look at competitively, and a lot of the time... Especially right now, our our weekends and weekdays when we're playing, we're prepping for some tournament that's coming up. So we play pretty seriously, um, and that can yeah. that can be not fun for new players. Yeah. So, so
2: apart from your winning personalities, it can be a little bit difficult to to grow the game, um, especially in, in uh, premium tournament season. I guess.
6: Yeah, and um, there's a lot of competing games coming out right now. Uh, Guardian games will be packed, but it doesn't have the same appeal um, as Elfy Bard doesn't have the same appeal as, like you know a Yu-Gi-Oh or a Pokemon um, or a Magic. It's just a it's a different style of game. It's a lot longer. It's a lot grindier. So
2: do you think samurai are out of fashion? <laughs> Like, do people just not care about samurai anymore?
6: Recent like, Fortnite skins, sure. recent Fortnite skins would make me think that samurai are still in fashion. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fair enough. Uh, definitely, definitely, the whole um, Japanese uh, feudal Japanese sort of uh, setting was something that's super super interesting to a lot of people. And I think that's why they got into the game, at least the old version of L5R. I find with this new version, there still there still is that, but I, I just don't feel necessarily the same. Draw like mass appeal that uh, old R had. I don't know. Was your did you guys play Legend of the Five Rings in uh, Portland uh, in the pre in any of the previous iterations yes. pre uh, FFG? Jared did. Yeah. Um, and was the scene scene decent
7: there? Yeah, we had uh, Mike Petkey, who was like a really famous dragon player. He like had a few cards uh, that he like won in tournaments. Um, it was a pretty competitive scene, but uh, Seattle was probably the best old 5-hour west guys I've seen. unfortunately we lost and for those of people us in yeah.
2: and, and do you think that was just uh, people growing older uh, lives changing
7: a little bit Mike was selling cards and so when the game changed to a living card game he, he lost a, a business and yeah th- yeah he couldn't afford to play anymore, or like travel to events, um, and, and then there's just
8: a new game to learn,
7: and he's got kids. And Kyle played all
8: five parts. Yeah, as well. <laughs> yeah uh, not too much in Portland. I mostly played. Like my my main uh, play days were back in gold when I was uh, still in Florida, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that
2: was a good edition, Gold. I really enjoyed that edition. Oh. Whole- of the four wins.
8: i played it for
1: a hot minute in diamond and then stopped.
6: <laughs> i played with my older and brother he uh yeah. i always i always i was like <laughs> what i i always wanted to play dragon clan because i was like a 10 year old um and he never let me so i always played crane and i tried to play dragon yeah, is, when i first that, came to new like... 5r and was like this isn't for me
2: is that shots fired to
7: dragon players?
2: Uh, <laughs> and if you want
7: to play dragon? <laughs> the best dragons. Uh,
6: played, I just associate. I, I associate dragon with um, my mean older brother. How about that?
2: <laughs> some repressed
3: memories there.
6: Yeah, I got PTSD, man, from dragon. Why well, they got to do me this way? Yeah.
2: So you guys talk about how you're preparing for the, some of the premium, bigger tournaments, and you get fairly serious in your practice sessions is do you guys do you carpool or do you take flights like because i guess i'm i'm thinking about portland and i'm thinking about the major tournaments near you guys i'm sure they're not necessarily like an hour's drive away right like you've gotta you gotta put some put some uh some miles on on, on either the car or the plane basically anytime
1: uh, I, I get a chance to share a bed with jared i'll take it so yeah
7: <laughs> <laughs> i'm the and best cool. uh
6: i pretty much live on a plane so like flying Anything, it's like I just it's whatever for me.
7: Yeah,
2: yeah, you have unlimited miles, (laughs) unlimited points.
7: (laughs) We do a lot of flying. We try and carpool and share hotels. We meet up in person like two to three times a week, every single week to play in paper. Uh, It's a very, very active, small community.
1: Yeah, it was cool. We all carpooled up to Seattle to play in the Cote last year. And then Jared won the whole thing. And then he, he so he won the free hotel that we got to stay at Worlds. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> yep. that was pretty sweet.
7: Wait, you actually won a hotel room. Well, and the flight. Because
1: yeah. it was what? a Grand
2: Cote. Oh, that was for winning the Grand Cote.
1: Seattle was a Grand Cote. Oh, God. Yeah,
2: and that's why they don't give us uh, Grand Cote's here in Australia. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, yep. maybe. Those flights are a little bit more expensive. <laughs> God, that'd be amazing. So, so Jared, you've won now, like, because you recently won Phoenix Cote, mm-hmm. right? And then you've won this Grand Cote. So, what do you ascribe your success to? Is there something that you think he, that you do differently, either with your deck construction or your mindset on, on, on during the day? Like, what's, what's what's Why is it that you're winning and other folk are doing well, but finding it hard to put up the W?
7: Uh, part of it is definitely this playgroup. Uh, we play a lot, and when I'm getting ready for a tournament, I play just a ton of games on Jigoku. Like um, I know, leading up to the Grand Cote, I was playing at least seven games a day on Jigoku, um, as quickly as I could, with the deck that I was going to play. And then when I'm not getting ready for a specific event. I'm just trying to play as many different things as possible. So I'm kind of like known for playing weird things and I like to play odd decks because I want to explore what the game has and like that way when I'm encountering weird situations I kind of know a little bit like how to handle them or like kind of make plays that uh, most people aren't seeing. Yeah, I, I do admit, like, playing you on, on
2: Jigoku is there's... I have actually taken a few of your moves, and I got to use them uh, last night at a, at, a, at, a, at a Japanese dinner tournament that we had. One of them was uh, bidding four on turn one. I just never, ever considered that that was a real bid to make. Yeah. I thought that why would you even think about bidding four on turn one, but playing a KB deck, I did that so I could use good omens. Awesome. And I remember you doing that against me on online, and I just, I just like, I think that... Um, if you play the same deck over and over again, is all of a sudden these lines of play, I think you're right, that that, uh, that just aren't apparent, that aren't like printed on the box, all of a sudden you know, start to present themselves. So that repetition really helps, you're saying. So creativity, mm-hmm. um, with lots of different decks before you've chosen the main deck for the tournament, and then once you've chosen the deck that you're actually going to push forward with, just play that a thousand times.
7: Yeah, and there's like a philosophy where... I try not to say that a card is bad. Like obviously Grass of Earth is bad. But uh <laughs> <laughs> fired in last week's but episode. <laughs> the game is just an environment, and so like the whether or not a card works is based on the environment that it's in. So like I like I played you, Ben. You played my Kote deck from Phoenix, and I played a deck mm-hmm. that most people would consider is not good. But I since I know your deck and you don't know mine really well and like (laughs) i was able to play around it like and it was a very difficult game but um it's not always the deck it's like knowing the environment that you're playing in yeah for sure and also
8: lulling us into a false sense of security by (laughs) playing really bad decks
7: i mean he knew turn one he knew turn one it was a bad deck yeah
1: yeah. <laughs> you feel like you're you
2: I think it had those berserkers, two berserkers like turned up turn one. It was <laughs> like two tainted
7: craties. heroes, a taka, and heroes, a right. funeral pyre. <laughs> like,
5: you what were what like, this? what the
1: fuck <laughs> what <is this? laughs>
7: um,
1: Jared, when you play yeah. normal unicorn splash, do you feel like you're taking ankle weights off?
7: It, is, it does feel a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> uh but it's not still like people like to joke that it's easy to play that, but it's like, I, I remember I played you, Evan, last week and just lost because I tried to play Mountain Does Not Fall in a conflict instead of trying to do it pre-conflict. And, like, that made all the difference. And I just, like, I lost a game I was winning.
1: Oh, yeah, you are um, crushing me. Yeah. Until that one little so mistake.
2: Why, why did it matter that it was in a conflict?
7: Because he had a censurer. And I didn't need to defend. I was just being greedy, basically.
5: Yeah, yeah. So
7: I can just it's play it a very, very. I could have played it pre-con, and then if he cancels it, I just don't defend.
2: Ah, got it. Yep. So you can draw out, the, and you get the extra information before you actually start mm-hmm. the conflict. Yeah, what are you talking about? So, Dennis, um, you very recently had some success. Um, you've established yourself as the premier uh, Portland player. If i recall so you won the the portland uh, elemental championship right
6: oh yeah i'm portland's elemental champion isn't that right yeah. everyone else here
1: i guess so i wasn't here i need some evidence <laughs> so but i mean you're, I you're now it.
2: the you now wear the heavyweight championship belt for portland the best player in portland <laughs> oregon oh yeah what was i mean jared won else?
8: elsewhere it doesn't count right <laughs> <laughs> he
2: wasn't in Portland, right? He I mean, he he league.
6: lost in Portland, so that's all I saw.
2: <laughs> and and how how did that go? What what deck? Because I think um, there's a lot of crane players out there that don't necessarily play uh with you in, in your style. Um, I noticed that a lot of the time you seem to splash scorpion. I think's been a bit of a favorite splash of yours for a while, hasn't it?
6: Uh, yeah, but I was splashing dragon there. I just went the like, you know that really passive route defend build a huge economy and then make massively faded characters and uh, slowly take over the game um, you know I think it's what the it's the Kyle style um,
2: <laughs> It's the untimed discord League style <laughs>
6: yeah exactly um, it worked out well I got some good flops there was a, there was a great group that came up from Medford they actually outnumbered the the Portland players and i don't think any of them play on jigoku so they had their very they had a very different meta that was um very unique to their play group they also had no crab players so like jared was just smashing them because they were like i didn't know crab could do this i didn't know that was a crab card (laughs) (laughs) um but they had really interesting bid strategies they would Bid like four three two or four five two two. They bid just really different ways um, throughout the game, which kind of kept you on your toes because you didn't know if they were going for dishonor. Um, But you know, if you just bid five and then have hand advantage, then it didn't it didn't really matter. Is this all Um, just a
8: really long winded and nice way of saying they were playing badly?
6: Uh, no. I think that they're they're good players and that they're yeah um, they're they just yeah, um, they just had, like, the dragons were running Keeper and Unicorn Splash, um, which was really interesting, but if, you know, if you're sitting on let-goes for reprieves and then you see them start dropping Unicorn cards, then you know there's really only one or two things you're going to let go of that game.
8: Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, wow. So, I, I do think, that's an interesting point about, uh, like, a closed meta. So, I know that I was, uh, like, when you don't have, you know, when you haven't been playing on the global Discord leagues, or if you haven't been going to cotes or AC's, is... You're not used to the, the, the grindy uh, popular decks, not used to the standard lines of play that you see that hundreds of players play. So it probably means there's some really, really unique things that happen in that play group. I know that when I started uh, this LCG, is, it was with a very small group, and then the first time we played with you know other folk from Melbourne, is we realized that you didn't have to bid five every turn. We just assumed that bidding five every turn was what everybody did. And then I think Merlin, who we met, uh, he, a fellow roller Merlin, he uh, bid one and almost dishonored me out in the first game I played against him. I'm like, you can bid one? <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that the dial moved from five. So that was, uh, that was really, like, and I think there's a few other little eccentricities there as well. So it's often quite fun to play with those different sorts of groups because, like, not only are they learning from you, but you're learning from them because there's probably something weird they're doing that you've never seen before.
6: Yeah, we really owed it to them for coming up. You know, they made a five-hour drive, stayed the night here. They really committed to coming and playing with us, and um, I hope they come back because it was really fun to meet all of them and and just have, uh, you know, a a medium-sized tournament. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
2: It does make a difference when... And and I guess you guys will return the favor if they end up uh, hosting a a decent tournament up there. You guys will take the drive? If they get
6: one, yeah, sure. I'll I'll fly down there.
7: Unfortunately... Fantasy Flight keeps scheduling our championships at the same time as Vancouver, Canada, which is Ugh. the group that we want to go play with. And, like, I mean, we obviously want to play with the Medford people too, but, like, uh, it would be great if we didn't have it on the same day. Vancouver people would come down to Portland, Medford people would come up to Portland, and we'd have a much bigger event. Or, like, if it, if we could travel to the Vancouver one, they would have a much bigger event. Um,
2: so you guys have the opposite challenge we have down here in Australia. We have no events. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's a good problem to have, I
1: suppose.
6: What, no events? No yeah. No probably, no good no events. probably good that you guys don't have events.
7: <laughs> <laughs> it's less events that Dennis can lose.
6: <laughs> Whoa. Hey,
7: I think I think they're fighting words. He, uh, uh, he
6: who has a trophy? Portland
2: champion.
7: <laughs> I have a, a Grand Cote trophy.
6: Yeah, well, don't make me bring my uh, misdated glasses. My 2000.
2: Well, it this 2018 on it? Yeah, it says
6: 2018.
2: Is that all of the EC trophies, or is it just yours?
6: Um, no, it's all of them. What? Yeah, 2018.
2: I wonder if that was because they were originally scheduled to be completed in 2018, and then it just didn't happen. Eh. That is weird. Cool. So you're talking about the smoke meta. Uh, I guess like, are there any? Have you guys had any like crazy, funny events that have happened in in the Portland meta? Like any notable, memorable stories, or, or is everybody just pretty chill? Nothing really
1: happens. Oh, stuff happens all the time. I'm trying to remember. Hey, yeah, it's I... so
6: exciting that the stories just come flying at you, and you you can't choose one. It's too many.
7: We're always we're always <laughs> drinking, so it's, it's hard to remember. <laughs>
1: Let's see, we had a... It seems like alcohol... Uh, well, we had a special league, which was really wonky, where um, PJ is the guy that, that runs like all the stuff at Guardian Games. He's really... Avanar. Avanar on, on Discord. Or he's Avanar on uh, Jigoku, but he's PJ on Discord. Okay. Anyways, uh, yeah, he set up this cool thing where they made a map of Rokugan, and like you, you take off little tasks to do. Um, and as you did them you like claim the area or whatever so every league night you're trying to claim stuff and they had really wonky stuff on it and <laughs> one of like one of mine was switch conflict decks with your opponent before you play and <laughs> and that made the craziest stuff happen um I'm, I'm i'm i oh wait wait not not flick not switch decks just the conflict deck just the conflict, conflict deck yeah so so oh, i God. played against like a dragon monk deck um, with my Phoenix deck, and my only monk was Shrine Maiden. So I had this Shrine Maiden that was getting, like, Mantra <laughs> of Fires. And and he ended up Voidfisting himself to stop a Feaster Famine. And, <laughs> yeah.
7: Um, I have seen... Yeah. In that event, there was one pin that was... Beat a Grand Cote winner. And they were, like, secret. <laughs> like, you pick the pin, and then you have to do it. And so obviously I picked that pen, and I had to repick because there was just no one else to play.
2: Did you repick, or do you engineer a situation where you can get to another grand cote and, <laughs> and help Evan win, with, with, with Evan and then scoop against Evan in the final?
6: Wait, if you beat yourself by dishonouring yourself, Dennis,
7: let's stop talking about beating ourselves and playing with our Just saying.
6: And... <laughs>
2: uh you owned yourself sorry good Can't so alcohol it. it sounds like beer beer is just intertwined into the portland scene
1: i mean i don't i don't actually drink so it's actually kind of funny
2: <laughs> yeah does that does that mean like the longer the more rounds there are in a tournament the better shot you've got of winning <laughs> like everyone else's just skill level is is dropping
1: uh, basically
7: yes. everywhere we play serves alcohol yeah
1: I'm trying to think. I I, I don't actually. I, I think the only thing is you don't actually play worse. Jared actually just talks a lot more. But <laughs> trying to. Yeah, he already me. plays bad, so.
6: <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh.
7: Word. I do think I play so, better at uh, Cotes where I'm not drinking. So <laughs>
5: a shock.
1: Yeah, I mean, I play better at like a cote or not even on the Discord league and or in a tournament because I'm actually just focused more mm-hmm. usually. But so maybe that's it. The control you need a new control than drink. You need you need to drink at a cote no to, to really
2: find out so you want to so you want to so like simulate your practice conditions at the time. right
1: <laughs> lgb did that I, 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 he, he he like i sat down with him right after lunch at worlds and he had a beer in his hand handsome
7: Friggin'. dan never was not drinking at worlds that makes <laughs> sense right i mean he was,
6: mean, he was he playing, was playing always... lion he <laughs> had a reason not. to be drinking
2: so this episode the, that uh, this interview is going to be in will drop roughly about the time that Children of the Emperor comes out. Uh, I think most of you have probably seen almost all the cards, if not all the cards by now. Uh, do you have any hopes and desires for uh, decks that will, will uh, or trends that are going to happen um, during Children of the Emperor? Any decks you think that are going to, you guys just are so excited to build, you uh, want to kind of put out their first claim as your own, put a flag in the ground?
6: Uh, please, please, crane players. Don't keep
7: vote. Earth. Keep of keep
6: Earth. No. The crane.
7: Don't.
2: No. Don't do it. <laughs> don't
6: do if it. If you're gonna vote Keeper, vote Keeper. Water. It's at least decent. Or something with Void is good. But like, if you if we're gonna go Keeper, we may as well fuck around with Fight On.
5: Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> and 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 what do you what can you see like coming out of Children of the Emperor for Crane? Is uh, can you see uh, many changes to the the existing Crane archetypes? I mean, Crane got some sick cards.
6: Like we got, we got some uh, pretty solid holdings. We got Toshimoko, who's a great military body that we really needed. Um, how that all plays together and what we kind of cut and what works is to be seen. Been playing against um, a guy in our meta named Jesse. He's been messing around with with honor run decks um, using duels. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daisho is annoying, but it's not better than than a lot of the core combos that we had. In the clan, so it's not quite there yet. And I think it needs probably needs the clan pack and maybe even the cycle to be viable for honor wins. But yeah. right now, some of those base duels, some things like try again tomorrow, you can get some good uh, you can get some good one x slots in your deck and um, kind of do the same thing an admit defeat does. It's like oh, they're attacking me with Kaizen. I need to be careful that I'm not going to get you know storied defeat on me when this five or seven strength Kaizen duels me once, and I just kind of like, LOL, don't care about it. Um. <laughs> and then everybody oh tells stories about it.
2: <laughs> what about Micah? Have you have you thought about uh, any changes to your, your uh, current decks coming out of Children of the Empire?
8: Uh, yeah, I agree uh, with that assessment, pretty much. Um, children's going to give us a few upgrades or sidegrades, um, let us tinker around a little bit. But uh, we're not going to get a major new uh, archetype until the clan pack drops. Um, and then I think the the dual deck is going to be interesting. Uh, uh, it's too many new moving parts to say if it's going to be amazing, but it'll definitely be worth He's, testing out. So I'm excited for that. Is um,
7: is he going to go in right away?
8: Yeah, I mean, anything with a yeah. red number right now would go on my deck because we have none. <laughs> like, the fact that he's uh, just I... got a military body um, and then probably an ability that'll be annoying for my opponents sounds amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I'm running Kaizen, and Toshimoku's just probably better than him.
6: Uh, what about um, Paragon, Kyle?
8: Not sure. Like, I think it's not going to make cut. There's just, like, if it had one more glory, if it had not the having to attack alone claws or
2: well it's not attack alone it's actually so, be alone. Alone. Yeah, you're right. yeah. so it means that like the opponent can just block with a chump uh, and then the ability doesn't work I no know. tyler actually no, was... ruled
8: on that so it's it works like brash and uh cautious scout so oh, it's it? not it's not oh, absolute right. trash um Oh,
2: wow. Okay, that makes that card way better.
8: Yeah, it's it's definitely playable. I don't know if it's quite good enough to make cut. Like, if it didn't have the mm. alone restriction, like, on your side, or if it had one more glory, I think it would definitely, like, make decks. But as it is, I think it's mm. just a tiny bit too weak. Um, but there might be some architect or uh, archetype that um, pressures hand, where it would definitely fit in a lot more than current, like, have to bid five all the time
2: and uh, Evan uh, you, have you reviewed any of the Phoenix cards anything you're yeah, super let, excited about let me
1: put it this way I was actually trying to remember all of the Phoenix cards that were coming out of Children and the only one that I remember the name of is Eugina <laughs>
7: I... <laughs> what about the one you pay two fate and yeah, all your guys get their glory yeah
1: you have to be more honorable than your opponent and pay two fate and
7: like and not get it cancelled
2: I
1: mean I'll run it in our Portland meta and see if I can get it off once that'll be yeah. fun but <laughs> that'll take it out of my deck probably
2: but. Is that more like an achievement? It's like a, a, a like a like a MMO achievement. Yeah, I mean it's a cool like card. card. Like
1: I like that it takes the place from the book. You know, it's definitely like a casual fun card. But like those casual fun cards usually don't last on my deck very long because our <laughs> group is too stacked. Yeah, yeah Jared no. can do it, but like I, I'm not good enough to like. <laughs> No, yeah, uh, before
6: you ask, before you ask Jared if he's gonna run any cards, you know he's gonna run all those crappy crap cards at least once, <laughs> if not many times.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: so do you think so? Ujina gonna. You're definitely gonna see if you can can make the Ujina machine work.
1: Like it's it's a lot of people have been talking about making Ujina decks where you run like K Day and do all the all the and more and adding twists and five fires and all that stuff. Um, I hate so you really, so much. <laughs> yeah, get rid of your fate and then kill you. But like I don't think it's necessary. He kind of just slots into the normal good stuff KI deck. Um he's a really good anti crab card already. I mean it runs five fires already, which is a lot. And um I like I, I wanna put twist back in my deck, so that might happen, but
8: No, no you don't. It's a lie. I...
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so you think that um that Utena is, is going to instead of Instead of trying to craft a deck around Ujna, you just find a slot in the existing KI deck, put it in there, and it turns out that that, that ability is pretty strong. Yeah,
1: because kind of what he does is instead of changing the deck archetype, when he hits the field, I think it kind of changes like a lot of plays, right? Like your opponent might not want to go Voidring right now, or it might become, you know, really important to you and stuff. It, I think it's it's more like. You put him in your deck, and then it changes the situation of the game, I feel like. Also, it's really, really good against Crab, and I like that a lot. Because <laughs> he eats reprieves. Because, like, Jared's always sitting there with no fake characters, and now I can go the Watering and the Void Ring and, <laughs> and have an effect. But and, and Dragon, too, sometimes gets in that situation, but that's more because I run five fires, but... Yeah, I mean, he, he's a good body... Um, and we're kind of running a lot of forecasters that are that are okay like uh like kudaka might come out or prodigy like i i think i might take out a prodigy and like a holding and put in a couple eugenas kind of where i think i'm going to end up but i'm going to definitely try and run three at first to test how good he is you know
2: yeah for sure well mosey crab they get some new cards But more importantly, all these other clans get new cards that might help Crab. What are you most excited about?
7: (laughs) Um, Yakimo? But I don't think the deck's there. I really like playing Wicked Tetsubo. And so all the Berserkers that have a political stat are really important. Unfortunately, the deck where that would probably be best is a secret deck with uh, the Lion card Time for War. Uh, yeah, but you lose Crisis Breaker, so then you only have one Berserker with a political stat, and it pretty much kills the deck. Uh, so what I'm going to try is a Seeker of Earth deck with uh, <laughs> Vassal Fields. So the idea is uh, wait, Vassal Fields. Can you can you remind our uh, listeners? So it's what that the comes? new Earth province. It's like reverse manicured. And the theme of the deck oh, is yes, just like yeah. fate manipulation, fate control. So it's like a Broker Taka deck with Indefensive Rokugan, Way of the Crab. But then it's also running uh, like Goblin Sneak, uh, Ageless Crone, Hand to Hand. Probably like a Weenie deck with Rebuild Kuni Labs. Uh, and then you just you have... like. You've got vassal fields manicured and then some other decent provinces. and you just try and control your opponent's fate. Pool. Uh, and then <laughs> I mean like the, the best thing that could possibly happen is that you get like a fires of justice off and you soak up all your opponents extra fate and then you play crone. And then you basically have an asymmetrical deadly ground where you're allowed to play actions, but your opponent isn't. And you just like sack your guys to keep making money so you can keep playing cards.
8: Isn't Fires Rolock to not Seeker of Earth?
7: Mm, it's Seeker of Void. So I have to wait till we would need Seeker of Void. Yeah, that's right.
2: Well, I'm glad that you've gone for just a slight tweak on the current deck and you haven't decided to try to transform what the clan's trying to do.
5: Yeah, I want to
7: play 30 events, 10 conflict character grab. A bit.
3: Just
2: no attachments.
7: Yeah. It. Just, just to change it up.
2: Yeah, I think, I think that we'll see like Lion, that hand-to-hand card I think has made Lion a uh, viable splash, or at least everybody will probably start testing Lion out as a splash. Um, I think that's a super interesting card hand to hand as well because it does encourage you to not play attachments I mean there is reasons why you would but it encourages you to play very few to make that card as effective as possible wow. but it's uh yeah it'll be fun fun to see how that all plays out uh so I really appreciate your uh the time that everybody's put in to, to, to uh, have a chat today for sure uh before we before we uh, head off has uh, anyone got any Shoutouts! Any any particular plugs? It's a, a sort of a rare opportunity that we get to. Sp- you know, we're trying to speak to people from lots of different metas around the world because they're all very, very different. Uh, and say so anything like locally that you wanted to really call out.
6: Oh, uh, use code MDLUX for fifteen percent <laughs> off your order at Luxury Playstyle.
5: <laughs>
1: oh, legit though! I got that! I got that that percent off. It was really cool.
6: yeah see it works
1: yeah
2: we're all shilling we're all shilling for for luxury now but i mean those guys
6: are the best yeah uh do i i get a i assume they have to pay me for that though
2: (laughs) (laughs) i dream of being able to offer hcr as a as an odd promo one day
8: (laughs) i'd like to thank uh pj and the uh person who runs the Redcastle Castle Games tournament. Although I look like a jerk Steven. now for thanking him because Seven. I don't remember his name. Thanks, Seven. Dennis. Yeah, that guy. Uh, yeah. Thanks.
1: Yeah, the the Portland crew is super cool. Like I came here um, in like January, I think. Um, I, I came to Portland in like last October, and I just went to a game store, and it was like, can you teach me to play this game? And it was Jared, and it was super welcoming, and. It's it was so easy to make friends and everything. So everyone in the Portland group is just awesome. Also, I want to correct myself from earlier. I made I said it was a shrine maiden. It was actually a keeper initiate that <laughs> used the mantra fire on, which is even worse. <laughs> actually, it's the same.
8: <laughs> to glory, to glory, play better,
5: better. <laughs> <Way> stronger. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank
2: you so much, people. Um, and yeah, we'll hopefully we can catch up with you again at some point next year or something when there's a. A Portland cote one day.
5: Yep.
2: <laughs> Thanks
6: right for on. inviting us in. Yeah, it was Sorry. super fun. Ben, I love you.
2: <laughs> Dennis, stop it. Welcome back. Uh, that was the Portland interview, and hopefully, it was a fantastic segment. And you really enjoyed it, uh, guys. What did you think? Yeah, dig
4: it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, all of the words. The words were fantastic. <laughs> the questions, the banter. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I loved it. <laughs> that muzzy, what a guy. Um, Cool. So, uh, we, if you have a playgroup uh, or a scene that you would like focused on, please feel free uh, to email hiddencityrollers at gmail.com or hit us up at uh, you know Discord, wherever, our Facebook group, and, uh, and let us know and we'll, we'd definitely love to talk to you. So, we have a whole bunch of cool spoilers and we won't go through this list exhaustively. Uh, podcast is already going fairly long but maybe we'll just talk about the very most recent ones that have come out so there was uh, last night at the time of recording there was some cool new unicorn stuff from the unicorn pack Uh, and there was just some like you can see that they're they're really putting together some unique effects and we can start to see the difference between lion and unicorn because I think for a while the design was a bit samey um, you know because there was only so many cards and they felt similar but now um, there's a couple of themes that are becoming very evident and I think you guys remember uh, Shiro Shinyo, the new Unicorn Stronghold that's been spoiled?
5: Mm, Um, Yeah. So
2: that was all about, you know, every card that's been, every province that's face up, it'll start with extra fate. So, you know, if if all five provinces of your opponent have been revealed, then you've got 11 fate, which is pretty sweet. Um, 11 fate, it turns good. But there's a new dude, uh, a new 6-6 Aranat he's called. He's like a... He's a creature of some description. He looks like he might be some... <laughs> he's, not a,
4: he's not a unicorn, that's oh, for sure. sure. <laughs> I feel
3: like he's maybe supposed to be some kind of key like figure. Because um, that was the unicorn's mm. jam in the old days, and it's got this sort of scaly-looking back end and spiky
0: head. The that's true, I would noticed that. That's yeah. how I feel. It'll be in the book. right? right, I'll find it. He's
4: got a wicked beard, a wicked beard, and I can appreciate a good beard, I tell you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it's, it's
3: interesting. spirit animal <laughs> interesting.
0: You can policy debate all the courtiers in the land as well. Yeah. It's always important <laughs> to remember. <laughs>
4: <laughs> can you imagine like a, a charged bird versus
2: Aranest policy debate? How <laughs> good <laughs> would that be? <laughs> I, do, I do like how these mythical creatures have more political skill than the vast majority of damios.
3: <laughs> yeah, i feel right. like though it's kind of like you walk into a room you're about to have a conversation and then this giant manifestation of an ancient deity arrives and said hey what's up this is how things are going to be and you kind of just yeah, yeah right fair enough all right we can't yeah. argue well it's
4: not so much it's not so much what they say it's like the vibe the, <laughs> the vibe of the thing,
3: thing.
0: <laughs> i always opinion? just imagined it as a hamilton rap battle like, the music just starts and the we <laughs> just a musical. Yeah, what's,
2: what's your opinion on the, uh, the, the the most recent crane and lion, you know, border scuffle and, and this, like, this reindeer says, moo! You're like, yeah, okay, you win. That's a fair call. Like, I'm not you know, sure
5: you are a botanist, <laughs> man. Sure
8: we...
2: Reindeers go moo, right? <laughs> um, I feel relatively confident they don't. I don't, I don't, I don't know, to be honest, but... Um, so anyway, this dude, he's 6-6, just like all these 6 cost... He's a 6 coster, 6-6. six. six. has got 0 glory, creature, air, mythic spirit, no attachments. Which seems to be the, like, theme. They each have, um... They're they're all mythics. Uh, well, actually, I guess the bee whispers is not mythic. The
4: scorpion one's not, right? But they're all... Yeah, and it's 6-3 as well, I think.
2: But they've got a stat that's 6. <laughs> and they cost 6 and they've got 0 mm-hmm. glory. Um, I'm going to be proven wrong, because I'm sure one of them doesn't have 0 glory. But anyway...
4: They're all they're all pretty sick. Yeah, it's fine. Like six,
2: and this guy like when he when he comes into play, your opponent. This is one of those things where opponent gets to make a choice. I always love cards where opponents get choices because it cause like sometimes they're very weak, but it's it's fun like to get the opponent to kind of make a bad decision. So that player may reveal any number of his or her face down provinces, then place one fate on this character for each face down province that player controls, including their stronghold province. So the idea here, it's actually like lots of interactions because. If you play this first turn, I love this. Because Unicorn Player only has six fate on their first turn if they're using Shiro Shinyo, right? So you like, bring this into play first turn. And then your opponent can either like reveal nothing to make sure you've got six fate next, you know, to reduce the amount of fate you're going to produce next turn. And therefore you get five fate on Aranat, right? Or well, they can, like, what do yeah. you do? Like, how much? Yeah. Glenn, you're a bit of a, 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 a value monster, right? If you're sitting the other side of this, and I'm a unicorn player, I've got six fate, and I've spent all my six fate on this sucker. How much? How, uh, how many provinces are
0: you revealing? I flip none of them, and then I wave the crabbit because they have no other fate. Yep.
3: <laughs> no. So, <mistake. laughs> so I, flip, I, flip,
0: I, flip, I flip. none. Uh none. That I still flip none, unless I have a. Still flip unless, none. like, I'm really cheeky and like I'm first player, so I'll play mm-hmm. a little character. I'll flip my illustrious forge to find the wicked subo in my deck to like set it to zero, or whatever. Okay. I don't know. Like you know, like I'll just find the attachment that I want to punish whatever they've done. But you, um, you in general, I, I,
2: I, try to flip a minimal amount.
0: If you so okay, so if we're actually going to analyze it, I was thinking about this earlier. So if they only play that card, I think you only reveal one. Because then, on average, they will see two. They will see two, anyways, usually on turn turn one. Um, but I wouldn't flip more than one. Well, hang on. Uh, oh, oh I, I w- there. Are, I, I was thinking on reveal effects. Yeah. Can you, if you're a
4: dragon player, do you like flip resto and then no, like, no, discard because their because whole hand on turn on, on turn, on turn,
0: on turn one on, on turn one? Yeah, on turn one they. Oh, it's before draw. When yeah, okay. they've got nothing. I think it's actually, the better question to ask is how many of these guys do you run in your deck? So if you run three, uh, you increase your chance of seeing it turn one. But if you, but I'd run like a spicy one of, so that occasionally some games you just blow out your opponent turn one and other games uh, you just don't play it.
2: Maybe, but I mean, there is the other thought that um, if you're playing Shiro Shinyo, then you're actually generating a lot of fate. Right, that's the whole point of that box, right? So like you can probably afford to buy this sucker, like if you're generating eleven. No, but return. but it's the
0: deck slots like I just don't think he's worth the deck slot compared to other unicorn characters.
2: That's big stats. I know what you're saying. I get what you're saying. The unicorn characters are pretty amazing these days. There's lots Wait, of he's good not ones.
0: he's not Calvary, is he? No. Is he Calvary?
2: No. no, but, but out of know, That box, it doesn't, matter, that so doesn't matter Like, Calvary's not super relevant I mean, It means you can't Cav reserves, I guess And there's a few cards That it matters for I,
0: I think
3: I don't know I'd be inclined to put three And I mean Even if you see him late game And he's no good You just flick him Like, discard him or whatever And I think, though The odds of getting Aaron out on that box Turn one If you did hard mulligans For three of in your deck I think The swing and the advantage That's going to give you Right off the bat Are so big is so significant that you kind of have to like it's if you see him turn one and you drop in like whatever your opponent chooses you've just had an enormous swing like and like that's hard to come back from like whether your what scoring, if what hmm. if you
0: play him and you trigger the reaction and then i play kk on him like is it still worth it
3: okay. probably Sure, but probably. like odds odds are, say he's also going to pass. So you've just brought all your fate, into so you have to pass. So you're probably going to get passing fate as well. And then unicorn have got no shortage of really good one drops out of their hand, and I think they'll just make it up. And unicorn have also of every clan they've got so much straighten. Um, and even if that one turn, That's even, true. even if you even if you break nothing, like who cares? He either he's around for another five turns, right, with a block of fate or I'm generating 10 a turn and to be honest he's done his job like, like yeah, I yeah I feel like that first turn thing is just really huge it, would, it is never going to be a good feeling when so, Glenn, first turn
2: just course. thinking through this right about that KK issue and just thinking about how to generate as much value as possible out of this dude and like Shiro Shinyo being a deck where you are generating a lot of fate um maybe I am ready becomes a card you need to play
0: no yeah I think that's a I think that's a really good card for that sort of deck. Yeah. But Um, but you're already earning more fate, right? I think think it's a really strong turn one play. I'm just saying, like, in the later game, I'm not exactly sure if I would want him on my row as opposed to uh, other unicorn characters they're going to show us. Sure. Yeah, I totally get that. But but definitely, definitely, definitely turn one. Super strong.
2: Yeah, I think it's kind of rubbish out of HMT, right?
0: Uh... No. Yeah. I like, well, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, you got plenty scout, of conflict characters. Can play. scout's pretty good, right? Like, it's it's a great effect so that you don't have the issue of hitting the wrong province turn one. But the problem is against Crane, right? They'll just flip Magistrate Station and then they laugh. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like. There's a lot of provinces that you okay. Actually... You just go and attack Magistrate Station with your six six. Uh, all right, so one fate. I play one fate. I play my steward of Law. What do you think the next action is for the Crane player?
2: No, no, what saying. do
0: they do I get it, I get it. <laughs> what do they do no, no no man look yeah. tell me tell me what they're gonna do for shame um, it's the right, classic right. combo so,
2: so anyway I'm sure I mean it'll be experimented with and it may be compared.
0: it's exciting Yeah, I, I'm really high on this like I'm not trying to be negative I actually think like imagine playing imagine just how fun is it just to play this card and look at your opponent and be like like make the choice do do? <laughs> I do, do, I do like do? the
2: idea that there are like effects where you're happy to reveal like i like the idea that um uh you know you can reveal uh something like illustrious you know the on reveal effects suddenly gain a little bit of extra value um because it doesn't isn't, trigger isn't like situation crane...
0: or anything yeah does the new crane mm-hmm. holding from the crane pack doesn't that borrow a character as well on reveal no, you gotta win a duel against them
2: yeah oh uh, you
0: got oh uh, right no, no, the, the province that they showed from the clan pack. I, I can't remember what it does. I think it bears from, a character. No, she I can't, can't remember. No, 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 no. Sorry. Oh, I think Crane. I think that one.
2: Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it, it,
0: right. I think if the more, yeah. you're right, the more provinces that have on reveal effects, the better this card, the The weaker this card can become because you can punish it more easily.
3: Yeah, so right. Market of Kazumokami Glen is. After it's revealed, choose someone that's not honored and bow them.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so there's some really cool counterplays to this coming up as well. It's an exciting card. I, I, it's what a six cluster should do, right? It makes you want to play it, mm-hmm. and it also makes you fe- fear it being played. That's <laughs> what you want from a six coster, mm-hmm. right, We've also got like the emperor. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I never want to see him played against me. He terrifies <laughs> me.
2: So we have young warrior. Young Warrior is a 2-coster, and 2-costers are generally tricky to justify, but has 3-3 for stats, and is a bushy cavalry battle maiden, 2 glory. This character must be declared as an attacker or defender in the first conflict declared each round, so, so she good. is very eager.
3: Super, super good. Um, yeah, she's just an amazing guy. You're really good on that unicorn Sprint back, the HMT. She backs that really well. Um, also an amazing I think also for Cav Reserves, <laughs> like... We had a oh, great out for character reserves
2: discard nine skill for of character reserves and that's then amazing.
0: and then if they switch if they switch it to political you still have good stats like that's the feel-good moment yep. what i what i do like about characters like this and as we're starting to get deeper
2: and deeper card pool is that it creates real choice in your di- when you're building your dynasty deck like there is mm-hmm. a lot of decisions to be made it's not just a Alright, well, you know, these are the only Cav characters that I've got, so I guess I've got to include them all. Like, there's another one here, uh, Shinnaman Wayfinders, which is a four-cost Bushy Cavalry Scout. 3-1. No attachments except weapons, which is fantastic, so it can't be clouded. During a conflict, reduce the cost to play this card by one... Well, actually, I guess it doesn't matter about the cloud, anyway. Um, During a conflict, reduce the cost to play this character by one for each participating Unicorn character you control. Do you know if the, um... The force of the river tokens are not unicorn characters. Are no, they're No, them. they're
0: not. No, they're not unicorn. Unfortunately, yeah, that'd be busted. It'd be absolutely busted. <laughs> yeah. But you're that'd always going to have
3: people <laughs> you know, like when you're HQ you want to swarm
0: anyway. But if you have reserves, right, and you run the battle maidens, like you, you basically immediately can play this guy for free. Yeah. Because uh, you're probably going to get four back on that.
3: Even if he's uh,
0: playing a super great value, you can get three people. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I agree. I also think it should be... Sorry, but the 2-3 the as well, he also supports the going first sort of like mantra. Like, There's a few more unicorn cards coming out that make way the unicorn. Slightly more of an edge case. Oh,
3: like that the one where you... The attachment... Was oh, yeah. Player? Ring of Binding, where you don't lose fate off your person if you're the first player. Yeah, super good. Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, and cards all be discarded. So your little it's person safe, can't yeah. be assassinated. Just super good. Spawn Fate. Um, that whole, prior to these unicorn cards being released, that whole last week's reveals, spoilers, was super, super good. That was the disguise set, which we haven't spoken about anything on here. Mm. Uh, yeah, story. so ma-
2: Yeah. The last one in this unicorn slot here was Visiting Advisor. And it's uh, two cost, zero uh, mil, two political, courtier, cavalry. We rarely see courtier and cavalry as a paired set of traits. That's so, hot. Yeah, it's really good. During a conflict in which this character is participating, choose up to one other character you control, move this character and that character home. So it's more movement. Uh, so I don't know. Like, what do? You, ha- how do you evaluate this card?
4: I really like the unicorn theme of. Kind of imbalancing your opponent, unbalancing your opponent, so you're kind of putting these thing, these resources into a conflict. You're going, all right. Well, I'm threatening a break now. What are you going to do? You're going to give in some resources? No worries. I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to back out of here, and I'll come back at your next conflict. I love that stuff. It's fantastic.
0: It helps with it helps with the new box as well, right? So you can poke, chasing, and then move back home. Uh, mm. and it's you- important to remember. Sorry, sorry. You you oh, I was just gonna say, uh, you can also honor it and then play. Uh, try again tomorrow at a crane with this guy. So you can send three people home. <laughs> <laughs> so you attack and then send three yeah. people
3: home. Well, use, it, because, I think there's another unicorn was Warriors of the Wind. Did you catch that one? No.
5: Yeah. No, yeah, that's pretty, pretty good too. You
3: just move all your cavalry people home and yeah. then move as many cavalry back in as you like. That
4: is Yeah. That one actually feels a lot like uh Unicorn, like the cavalry commit from the CCG. Yeah. That's got that kind of feels that, like that. Yeah, it just
0: oozes theme, right? Like when you play that card, I feel like not only is it like, mechanically interesting, but it also feels like a Cavalry charge. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's it. So you could do like Cav Reserves, have this horde of,
2: of characters available. And then send a heap home ready for the next conflict and just leave those there that you actually care about
0: mm. yeah well you can
4: also and that visiting advisor that visiting advisor is a conflict character as well so it's yeah. not like it's advertised you just bung it down
3: you, you don't want to catch up a scorpion with the conflict side value and numbers to oh yeah they're getting very close like the advisor and that little scout guy and even some of the elbows they're just mm. I don't know which ones I want to play. Actually, the fact that they're visiting advisor is conflict. I can see they're getting splashed real heavy in lot of other decks. Because it doesn't require a
4: unicorn mm-hmm. No. You could put it in Crane. It's a courtier so it It's great. Really have... Scorpion. Yeah. In Scorpion, does... it's a one-glory courtier That's awesome. Yeah. Does it?
0: Sense. Does it suggest to you guys that maybe they're going to print a few more harpoon effects as well? Like, I feel like a lot of these effects... Seem oh, like it, I, there might be some cancel
2: movement effects coming up, too. Yeah,
0: well, grass of earth, earth. Then. grass of earth, man. Grass <laughs> of earth, grass of earth gets value <laughs> every yeah, time. You know, meta, first right? uh, <laughs> in city rolls,
2: grass the earth matter it's only going to continue. The dominant so, of the, it's, it's just that
4: it so hang on, grasp, grass the earth only prevents your opponent's characters from moving in, right? right? So they can still harpoon you, no problems.
7: <laughs> <laughs> cool, um. So
2: I think we're running out of time. Uh, Did we? Was there anything else that you guys
0: wanted to cover? Many. uh, Was there a question? You guys. Was there a question you guys really wanted to tackle?
3: Well, there was one from. uh, uh, I forgot his name. That's super unfortunate. Last week, we had some kind of bushy builder guy.
2: The bushy builder guy. Oh yes, he uh, he was talking about your. um,
4: Is it? Is it brand brand the builder uh,
2: the the cheap and nasty? <laughs> <product>. Wrong wrong game, <laughs>
5: yeah.
3: <nasty> <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't really a question about the deck. Oh, I can't believe I lost it. That's super super average planning on my part, which is basically part of the course. No seriousness, <laughs> but um, that's how we do here on, on, in the Western Rollerland. But um, we cheap go. and nasty, <laughs>
0: Daniel, just like Cutter's
2: deck.
3: Daniel yeah, Napoliano. Yeah. That's right. So he wanted to know. So. He, It's just based on the cheap and nasty deck, but that was just how he identified me as a style of player, as someone who doesn't win. (laughs) Um, So he's a Portland He says, I play primarily what is termed by my Portland compatriots to be an off-meta deck, or off-meta decks, plural. Um, He has a problem with these decks and was actually hoping we could assist him. Uh, He seems to never be able to actually win, but he, he does win games, but whenever he does, everybody credits the win with... Um, one of four things never the fact that his deck is actually good they always say um, they were just unlucky or that his deck won just offhand even though even despite itself so the meta basically janked it Um, or he didn't win but a specific card won in the game in the deck or that he lost to his opponent's brilliantly constructed deck which is all one meta and just doesn't, and his opponent drew a bad hand. Um, so he wants us to tell him. The rollers need to tell Daniel. He earnestly beseeches us to proclaim. This is serious. You can tell by the language, right? We need to proclaim at what point an off-meta deck can be considered to have gained its first real win, instead of just being flukes. First time <laughs> wins. Like it wins. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I thought. Was like, are you, you winning? You, yes,
5: right. You, you put got, it in <laughs> the. You know,
0: like, you put it in the hundred percent win rate box and then it and then it and then it just you know, has that trophy awarded to it. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think I think the important part there is that maybe all those things are true, what other people are saying. Yeah. But the more important thing to say back to that opponent is uh, did you have fun playing that game? That was a really fun game. Like like to like discredit someone's win because of variance, like it's a card game. So uh I really enjoyed, there is ver- like, I really enjoyed like, there the way is you variance. manipulated
3: that watch commander and that, all that to Yeah, but or the, like, the way you, the well, you positioned them was just... I never awesome.
0: thought about this interaction. Yeah, but I was just like, I never thought about this interaction. That was really cool. That threw me off guard. Or, like, credit your opponent where credit's due. Like, if you're saying, I lose because I didn't draw assassinate. Well, you didn't draw assassinate, so... So that's not how the game went. Right. So Mike... My... Yeah, there's
4: a certain percentage of the time that you're just not going to draw it. So my you insight know? Like...
0: here is what Dan's really
2: trying to say is he's going, I play with a bunch of losers that are just like hardcore <laughs> sore losers. And, you know, because they're not playing ultra competitive, you know, they're playing their ultra competitive meta decks. And because Dan's bringing these cool funky decks and when he gets a win, you know, Isomalt who can't keep his cool or Mosey's... <laughs> You know, who's just like, you gotta, it's the combo, man. Like, they just, they just get frustrated and they're just, they're just like, no, Dan, you're wrong. Well, Dan, I think you're right. I think it's okay to play decks that aren't on, uh, deck, you know, that aren't on five rings or Bushy Builder. Um,
0: yeah. yeah and I mean, there's look,
3: more to you, the game than copy of test. Yeah. Just,
0: <laughs> yeah, you do, you do you, Dan. Do you yeah. you just, do you. Just accept that sometimes the decks will also lose, but that, can also be because you get bully jeweled five times. And then yeah. I it's like yeah. it's like you just gotta hit the drawing board I, again. I but feel that's, like that's why uh, innovation occurs. I feel uh, I feel like you're so I just like, I do going through some nightmares here, Glenn. <laughs> oh it's just like when you're innovating or like, you know, to burst through that bubble, I feel like to be honest, I feel like you've got to be you know, someone like Pablo at Worlds where you where you kind of <laughs> you, you, you take this deck that hasn't really been seen a lot or at least through for what the channels i view it hadn't been viewed much right and you take it to the top eight in worlds like you have nothing else to prove at that point like you right. innovated you played you piloted your style of deck to a level of success that very few people will get to um and you've proven that you know when you have an idea and then you you know you work on it really hard you can get there and I, so, that's what i'd say i'd just say like just, so just they, win and just show show them that you can do it
4: so there you go dan you got to get your deck to the top eight at worlds and then no,
5: you, you are a true you innovator have, you don't have to but i'm saying you,
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm saying you just like you can like that's the like that's the benchmark right like you like for all those people that are wanting to take <laughs> the understart. No, that's
4: that's the high watermark. <laughs> Top eight of worlds is the no, high watermark. That's it. That's, it's it a simple is. answer.
3: Top eight at worlds if <laughs> you drop mate. I'm, <laughs>
4: I'm
3: just
0: I'm with you. I'm saying, with you, Glenn I'm I guess. Like, if I you, get you win an EC and you win with a deck that no one's really seen coming, uh, you know, I think yeah. you've proven to your local meta that these deck ideas can work because the deck uh, sorry, the carpool is deep enough now. I think the right. and there's and there's there's
4: value in there's value in there's value in playing a dark horse at a tournament official. Sure. Can I say something to the people that are saying that you're only one because of like luck or you know I got screwed or my deck misfired or something like that? I think those people are doing themselves a disservice right by attributing their own performance to these kind of random factors so If you're thinking to yourself, you know, why did I lose that game? And you're thinking, well, it was just luck or I didn't draw this card. Maybe, but also maybe not. Yeah,
3: for sure. I think um, my my final word on this would be, at the end of the day, Dan, you, you own and operate Bushy Builder, just ban them, fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> just just blacklist them if they're giving you grief don't take that nonsense next it's, time
2: he's trying power. to upload a deck It's just like why yeah. is this not working shoot him down <laughs> mate just
0: create create a rating system and put them all in the one star yeah, tier The
3: you know, <laughs> quarter star tier just reserve for people you can't innovate haters the <laughs> hater blocks, put them in
2: All right, well, guys, uh, it's been a pleasure as always. And uh, until next time, keep on
5: rolling.
3: Cheers, guys. Bye.